Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. Have you ever felt scared that an outcome of a situation might not go the way you planned it? Well, we all have moments like these in our lives. There are things and situations that we are scared of. But maybe your fear looks like a dark situation you don't see a way out of. Maybe you lack confidence in your body image, your appearance. Or maybe how much support you have around you. Or maybe it's even your education. Maybe you have social anxiety and you're scared to talk to other people. You may think, there's no way God can use me. I'm far too gone. My mental health is terrible. I'm caught in constant sin. My life is just going to fall apart. But we have to start taking authority that something might not turn out the way we want it to. We need to trust in that whatever situation we're in, we need to to believe that it will turn into something more beautiful than we could have ever imagined. And in Matthew 9, 2 to 6, we read an account about a paralyzed man brought to Jesus. And in verses 2 to 3, Jesus speaks to the man, telling him to be encouraged and that his sins are forgiven. However, this, the religious teachers were in denial of Jesus. And they were thinking to themselves, who does this man think he is? And picking up at verses 4 through 6, it says, Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Is he to say your sins are forgiven or to stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Those words are simple, but filled with power. God said to the man with great authority to get up and walk. So many people need to do the same with their struggles and take authority of them and stop letting those struggles paralyze them. They need to pick up their mat, take authority of those struggles, and walk. But how? How can we take authority? Number one is be expectant. If you want to see change with your struggles, you need to start believing that God is who he says he is. You need to believe that he is a man of his word and that he will work. Too often we forget about how powerful our God truly is. And that is because too often we we question God's work instead of expecting God's work. So start expecting God to work in your homes, your schools, and workplaces instead of wondering if he's ever going to show up. And number two is be bold. It's time to take action. Part of overcoming our fear and taking authority is being bold, is taking authority and being bold. Sitting back and doing nothing about our problems will get us nowhere. And in Proverbs 28, 1, it says, Wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Our freedom is dependent upon us being bold. We need to start having the ability to do bold things instead of having the ability to suffer. In the story about the paralyzed man, it mentions that his friends brought him to Jesus. But scripture tells us this was not easy. In fact, scripture tells us that this room was completely crowded, completely full with people. And there's no way this man's friends were going to get him anywhere near Jesus. But that didn't stop him. They carried their friend to the roof, they dug a hole, and they were going to get their friend to Jesus. They didn't wait till the crowd died down and their problem became easier. No, they took action over their issue and they were going to get their friend to Jesus. They didn't have a, it's not that big a deal type faith. They had a bold faith that wasn't going to wait around. And lastly, we need to let God be in control. We have to start giving God our fears in difficult situations. Remember, it's not about how much power we have, but about God's power in us. Leave your struggles in the hand of God because he has a greater calling over each and every one of your lives. Your struggles do not define you, for you are a child of God and let God define you. 
He chose to be put on this planet for a reason, and that reason is to be bold and to reach the unreachable. Start taking authority over your battles, your fears, and struggles. Start taking authority over your anxiety, your temptations, your depression, and for lack of confidence, for you can do all things through God. No battle's too big for our God. We need to start believing that. Be expecting and bold with your faith while ultimately trusting that God will make a way. It's time to pick up your mat and walk. Let's go. Come on. All these students be coming for my job. Come on, somebody. Man, I, I love, and I, if, you, if you haven't had the opportunity to watch the service three weeks ago where uh, we had five students get up and preach the Word of God, you're like, man, how do we have all of these young preachers and they happen to all be at Radiant Life Church? Here's what I know, that there are parents who put their children in a proximity to His presence. Right, so here at Radiant Life Church, we have midweeks. That's on Wednesday night from 7 to 8, 15. We have four adult classes, right, that we have. We come, we have, we have a moment of worship, about 10 minutes of worship, and then we break up and we go to different classes. But while the adults are growing, our children are learning. So we have, from, from a very young age, they're doing what's called junior Bible quiz, which they are memorizing scripture week in and week out, right? Because if you get the word in you, it will flow out of you. Right? And, and what we see is it's such an investment in the life of these children. And then when they become teenagers and they go into the youth room and they're a part of Radiant Life Youth that happens in the community center every Wednesday night, right? they're, they're, they're set up for success and not failure. And these students have a community. I mean, you, I don't know if you heard the loudest cheers came from the front row because there's a sense of community, of camaraderie that's been built over time as they've gathered together in that community. And so, man, you, you're like, oh, I want my child to, to be able to use their giftings. Midweeks at Radio Life Church is where it's at on Wednesdays from 7 to 8.15. And I would encourage you to make sure you're part of that. There's something for every age. So as we're celebrating the goodness of God, I want to continue to celebrate this morning. So on July 4th uh, of this year, Pastor Matt and Pastor Kim are going to celebrate eight years here at Radiant Life Church as the associate pastors, which is so awesome. Um, but tonight, I'm going to encourage you at seven o'clock, would you be in prayer? Tonight is a very special moment for both of them because they are going to be ordained this evening in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, they're going to take a moment. They're going to walk across the stage. They're going to smile. They're going to be dressed up. And, and then they're going to receive some gifts, a, script, a Bible with their name on it, a vial of anointing oil. Um, and it's an opportunity. This, is, this isn't saying you're now called. What this is, is a moment of saying what God has equipped you for, there's another level. There's more for you as you follow after Jesus. And so Pastor Matt and Pastor Kim, would you do me a favor? Would you come on down here this morning? We want to celebrate you. We want to honor you. We value you. We appreciate you. And so we, we as a church just wanted to say thank you for all that you do, all that you've given, and all that you're going to continue to do. So we have some gifts for just saying thank you for being awesome. Can you guys do me a favor one more time? Can you thank our associate pastors here at Radio Life Church? Yeah, let's go. They deserve that standing go. Come on.
Matt loves awkward hugs, and so Pastor Anthony made sure he gave him one, so that was great. Uh, so here's the deal. After, after, it's going to be really hard after service because they have to be in Cincinnati by 4 o'clock today for the service, I believe, or 3.30, uh, and so they're going to be flying out of here, but I would encourage you as you see them in the halls over the next few weeks, would you just celebrate them? Would you congratulate them uh, and let them know how proud you are of them? That would be amazing. Uh, before we jump into the message today, I want to give you a quick challenge. Uh, We've been in this series uh, called The Power of Choice for a number of weeks, and uh, no one else on staff has started with this verse. And you're going to be like, well, is this really the excitement we're looking for today? And I think you'll see why in just a moment. In 2 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 22, it says, they prove the truth of this proverb, a dog returns to its vomit, and another says a washed pig returns to the mud. You're welcome. Welcome to Radiant Life Church. We're starting positive this morning about dogs and vomit and pigs and mud. Uh, what, you look back at Second Peter, this was written thousands of years ago, but it's still true today uh, for any farmers in the room. You know that you go and you get the pigs out of the pen, they're covered in mud, and then you, you begin to wash them. And do you know what that pig does after it has been cleaned? It goes back to the mud, right? Why does a pig go back to its mud? It's because that's what they do. My challenge to you today, as you've put yourself in a position today to be washed clean, my prayer is that tomorrow you don't go running back to the mud that you were cleaned from today, because that's what we do, right? We go back to what has entangled us. We go back to what kept us stuck. And I want you to know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is within you. That power is where we find freedom. That power is where we find wholeness. And so we don't have to stay stuck. We don't have to go back to the pattern of the world, right, that has held us captive, but we can find freedom and wholeness through the Spirit's power. And here's what I love, is that He can even change us from the inside out that we don't even like mud anymore. If we're willing to submit, if we're willing to surrender, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. We've talked about how we choose to be set apart. We've talked about how we choose to surrender. Pastor Emily gave a great word about how we can choose to make that next step in following Jesus. And Pastor Anthony brought a powerful word of how we can choose to be thankful. And today we're going to talk about how do we choose to surrender. So I'm going to ask a question, and this is a raise your hand if this applies to you. If someone next to you does not have their hand raised, I want you to help them raise it, if you would. Uh, if you're watching online this morning, here's what we're going to ask you to do. Would you throw your name in the chat and then raise your hand if this applies to you as well? Uh, anybody in the room struggle with being a control freak? How many of you, maybe you're like, nah, I'm not a freak. Don't label me that, but I do like to be in control, right? And so we're like, all right, we got this. Uh, here's what I know about you. Here's what I know about me is that there are times when we like to have control, right? At work, you're like, if they would just do it my way. And you may not say this, but in the back of your mind, you're thinking, if it was done my way, I know it would be done right. <laughs> and so we're like, oh, if we could just have some control at work, or, or maybe we want to have some control at home. Right, here's, here's, sometimes we argue about the smallest things. Like, should the toilet paper go over or should the toilet paper go under? Hey, who's on team over? Who's, who are the savages on team under? Right, now you're like, no, don't go in, right? <laughs> okay, how many of you have ever walked into a bathroom, seen it wasn't the way you wanted it and fixed it for the person, right? Yeah, but we don't have control issues, right? We fix the toilet paper roll. All right, here, here's another one for you. How many of you believe you should pre-rinse the dishes before you put them into the dishwasher? 
How many of you are like, it does it for you, so you just put dirty dishes in the dishwasher? How many of you are crazy like me and you physically wash them before you put them in the dishwasher? <laughs> I do. My angel will be like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, it's dirty. You're putting them in the dishwasher. I'm like, I got this, boo, right? And I put them in. How many know there's one way to load the dishwasher? Yeah, my way, exactly. Why? Because we struggle with control. The other day, Kirsten, I love you. She's back, she's home from college and it's so amazing. We were talking about, oh, I got a lot to do and we got this and we got to be in Cincinnati. And I was like, I got to get the grass cut. And she goes, dad, I'll cut the grass. <laughs> yeah, I think she would do a great job. <laughs> but I was like, boo, that's not your calling. It's not your... <laughs> That's not what the Lord wants for you. I know it. I, he's talked to me about this. And uh, for those of you who heard, like, I, I have a striping kit on my push mower. Like, I, I want my lines to be right. And, and so it's like, oh, no, I got that. I'll make time for that. I'll do it in the dark with one of those headlamps. Like, right? Why? Because there's something in us that desires control. Maybe, maybe we want to control people because there would be less drama in the world if we could just tell them what to do. Anybody else struggle with somebody else driving in the car? and you're not in control, right? Forget, I'm not a back seat, I'm not a front seat. I'll drive from the trunk if I have to, right? Like, because there's a struggle. Like, oh, why don't you go to sleep? I can't, because <laughs> I need to know that we're safe. So many areas of our lives, we, we, we look at it and we're like, man, I, I wanna control. But then all of a sudden we read portions of scripture. And now what do we do when we read text and we're like, how does that apply to my life? So the book of Luke chapter nine, verse 23 through 24 it says, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever, who would ever save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And so what does it mean to deny yourself? What does it mean to lose your life? The Greek word that, that, that we see in the text for deny myself is it means to refuse consent to something. So what does it mean to refuse consent? It means to say no. Right? You're saying no to yourself, and why is it so important to say no to yourself? Because I am to say no to myself so I can say yes to Jesus. Right? You're saying, you're not just going, going, you know what, I just need to tell myself no because that's what's most important. No, I'm saying no so that I have the opportunity to say yes. I'm creating margin in my life, so if I say no to something, that means I can say yes to Jesus. Lord, anything you want from me, anytime and anywhere, I want to be able to say yes. And so denying self means I have an opportunity to say yes to what's most important, which is Jesus. We read in Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six. You probably have this on a picture somewhere in your house, right? It says, trust in the Lord with, here's the key word, all. All your heart, not part of it, not a portion, not a third. We're not cutting this into slices of pie so that everybody gets some. It's saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding, but here's that word again, in all your ways, not some of your ways, not your Sunday ways, but your Monday ways, right? Your Wednesday ways. In all your ways, you acknowledge him and he then will make your paths straight. But we have to make sure that we're acknowledging him in all, not just some. And so we read texts like that and we're like, God, what is it that you're asking of me? Because I think sometimes we don't want to give him full access because we like control. But here's the problem I know. The more we try to control, the less we're willing to surrender. Right? The more that we control, the less we're willing to surrender because what we've done then is created a, uh, a habitat where we thrive and survive and not where he receives the glory. And so we have to be willing to relinquish control. 
And so I'm going to read to you a very powerful portion of scripture this morning. It's one of those texts, uh, apart from Jesus giving his all and giving his life, this is one of those uh, texts to me that I go, man, this is, this is all about surrender. And would I be willing to surrender the way that Ab- Abraham was asked to surrender? So if you have your Bibles, you have your smart device, or if you're following on the notes section there in the app, you will, you'll be able to click that. And you'll see in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 8, it says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Here's the first thing when it comes to surrender, you have to be willing to say, here I am. Right, if if, if we're so busy and so distracted that we miss his voice, we'll miss the moment where he calls us. And so you see Abraham all dialed in and he says, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now, I don't know if you're catching the correlation between Jesus and Isaac in this moment, right? Your one and only son and offer him up. And he says, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham, third day, anybody catching, tracking? On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the boy. We'll go, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his, in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And the text finishes. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Isaac is aware, like we're going to make an offering and dad, this is so powerful, this is so special, but we have the wood and we have the fire, but we are missing the sacrifice. We are missing the offering. And, And I love, listen to what Abraham said, God will provide. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them together. Right? Do you see this? This is a, a step of faith. This, of faith. this is a test of faith. And Abraham had to be willing to surrender the gift to the giver of the gift. Right? He had to be willing to surrender the gift to the giver of the gift. Would he protect the gift or would he give the gift? Right? Would, he, would, he, would he control the gift or would he surrender the gift? And we have the benefit of seeing the outcome, right? We can continue on in the story and be like, yeah, we know how this ends. This is powerful. We know that when, when Abraham took Isaac up and then all of a sudden, right when he was ready to sacrifice his son, bam, right there in the thicket and there's a ram and this is powerful and this is good. But Abraham did not know the end of the story. He was the story in the moment. And so there is a faith here where Abraham had to make a choice to surrender and trust that God would provide And I wonder if he's asking the same of us this morning. Are we willing to surrender all? Right, I wonder if he would start picking on some things that we could surrender. Like, are we willing to surrender our control? As Hayden preached this morning about authority, are we willing to trust in the authority of who God is? You see, freedom is found when we relinquish control. See, we believe that if we hold tight in our control, then we'll have more freedom, which is the exact opposite because freedom is found when we relinquish, when we let go. When we let go and say, God, it's all yours. Whatever you would do in this situation, whatever you would have, it's no longer in my control, but I wanna relinquish control to you. There are things in our life where it's like, yes, God, you're asking me to do this and we walk in obedience because they're in your control. There are other things that are out of your control and only God can do. And it's not for you to hoard those, it's for you to relinquish those. 
And so we have to be willing to let go and, and surrender our control. What if he asked you to surrender your worry? Right in Philippians chapter four, verse six, it says, don't worry about anything, but in all things by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God, right? There's, there's this power when we're saying, God, I'm no longer able to control this and why worry? Because in our worry, we will not find wholeness. Amen. It's when we relinquish that and say, God, I, I don't wanna worry about this. I wanna give you control of it. And so I surrender it to you. What if he asks us to surrender our finances? Ah, uh, preacher, you have a problem this morning, right? There are a lot of things that I will let go of. There are a lot of things I wanna surrender. There are things in my life, there, there are issues that I'm holding on to that I will, I will let go of, but do not speak to me about finances. I know that Jesus talked about finances in the New Testament more than anything else, more than prayer, but that's where I'm drawing the line. We want access to God's savings account without our sacrifice. Right, God, you own a kettle on a thousand hill, and I, will, I know that there is always enough, that you are Jehovah Jireh, you are a supplier. There's so much that you have that you want to bless us with, but that's in your account, and I'm not willing to make the sacrifice. Would we surrender our finances? What about our relationships? What if, do we surrender our relationships? Do we trust him with the people that we care most about? Ooh, that's a tough one, right? I, I remember the, the moment where we dedicated our children to the Lord, and we said, whatever your will, do something in their life, they are yours. They're not ours to keep, they're yours. And as our oldest Bree that'll be here for worship night um, was going through diagnoses after diagnoses after diagnoses, and I was like, God, this, if I would have known this was your will, would I have prayed that same prayer? Right? But do we, do, we, do we relinquish control of our relationships? And then what if he asks us to surrender our future? What about our future? Right? Living in the future of what is robs us of the joy for today. Right? We get stuck in this mindset, this circle of life where we, we walk through and we're like, what if, what if, what if? And we're, we're so focused on the what ifs and what could go wrong when God's like, but yeah, as Annalise preached, what could go right? What could go right if we surrender? What could go right if we said yes? What could go right if we, we let go of the control and said, God, I give this to you. But we have to be willing to surrender that to the Lord. And so what can we learn from Abraham? I'm gonna give you three things this morning. The first is this, is surrendering to God challenges our comforts. Surrendering to God challenges our comforts. When God calls us to surrender, there's this challenge oftentimes in our comfort because we grow comfortable, we grow lax. Like, man, this is great. The faith that I had last year, I'll just ride that. Like, I'll ride that wave, I'll ride that momentum. Like two years ago when we walked through that and God got us through, we'll just stay right there. And we're comfortable. Man, the chair, the lazy boy. Like when I get in that thing, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. You like, we don't have one of those because I don't like to take naps. If I had a lazy boy, I'd take naps because we like our comfortability. And I wonder if God's trying to push back on our comforts. See, comfortable Christianity is not what makes us Christ-like. Right? Comfortable Christianity is not what makes us Christ-like. Jesus did not give his best so we could give our least. Right? Jesus didn't go to the cross, give his life, offer it for all of us, that there was no way, and he made a way for us to go, eh, appreciate it. No, there is value when we surrender and we say, God, I don't want to be comfortable in this. I want to be challenged in this area. You see, comfort, comfort says spoil yourself, but Jesus says deny yourself. I look, I look at Noah Right? Noah's living a comfortable life. Everything's good. And God's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what's going to happen. The earth is going to flood. And I'm going to need you to build a giant boat. And you and your family and the livestock will be saved. But I'm going to need you to do this. But, but while you're doing it, you'll be mocked. You'll be ridiculed. And he listens. But on the other side of his obedience is blessing. Yeah. 
Right? Are we willing to be obedient to see the blessing? I think about Moses. Moses is taking care of sheep, uh, and God's like, hey, listen, I'm going to use you to save your people out of bondage of slavery in Egypt, and then there's going to be a promised land, and it's going to be great. But there could never have been a blessing if there wasn't the obedience. Esther, she was willing to risk the comforts of the palace of the king and her life. And the king reaches out the scepter, and, and we see the blessing on the other side of the obedience but comfortable Christianity is not what makes us Christ-like. But to, in order to experience all for God, we need to be willing to leave our comfort zones. So we see that surrendering to God challenges our comforts. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is surrendering to God means we must make a choice. You gotta make a choice. Abraham had faithfully followed and trusted God for years. He, had, he made God the priority and God was faithful. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a father, right, of, of the nations, and God's like, I see you, Abraham. And even though he tried to do it his own way, God still blessed him with a son, his only son, right? In that moment, Isaac, and things are going great and he's walking in favor and obedience to the Lord, but now there's a new decision, right? You can't, the decision you made last year, you'll have a new one this year. And so now there's this new decision and he had to be willing to give up what was most precious to him on earth, his one and only son. So we have a choice. Will we surrender all that we have to God? Are we willing to surrender all that we have? You see, surrendering, when we say the word surrender, you're like, so preacher, you're telling me we gotta surrender everything? Like, you're t are you telling me that when I leave church today, I'm supposed to go home and burn my house down? No, okay, that's not what I'm saying, right? Because we think like, oh, I'm gonna, oh, all of you, right? I'm gonna go, I need to go home and I need to sell my car and, and, and give it to missions. No, I mean, if the Lord asked you, then I would say it would be obedient, but, but that's not what I'm talking about with surrender. Unless you have a Mustang and you felt like the Lord wanted you to surrender that, I'm your boy. But other than that, we're good. Nobody, but here's the deal. We're like, no, I, that's not what we're talking about with surrender. With surrender, what I'm talking about is living with open hands. Are you willing to live with open hands? See, we put ourselves in a posture, right? And, and Pastor Phil talks about it like, this is a surrender. Jesus, I'm here for you. And I want to praise you. And I want to thank you. But are, do, do we live a life with open hands? Which means what? We're willing and ready to receive. God, if you would ask me, if you would call me, whatever you call me to, God, I'm living with open hands and I'll say yes. God, whatever you're asking me to give, I'm living with open hands and so I will give generously. God, is there somebody in my life that, that you want me to reach out to? I'm living open-handed. Lord, is there something or someone that you're calling me to that I'm going to live open-handed? And that what God, that's what God is saying to Abraham. Are you willing to obey me? Are you willing to trust me? Are you willing to prioritize me above anything else. The question that I have for you this morning is who or what is your Isaac? Who or what is your Isaac? Right? What, what is it in your life? What is that thing? Or who is that person that has control over your life? Where you're like, no, I'm holding on to that. I'm not relinquishing control. That person, you know what? I, nope, not going to have it. But we get stuck. And so we all have it. We all have something. Right? For, I, I mentioned, it's, what's interesting to me is there's the moments of vulnerability where I'm like, yeah, I struggle in this area of control. And if I were to say, hey, why don't we all come up this morning and, and talk about our struggles and our, and our weaknesses and our issues and our struggles of control, we'd be like, uh, you know what? I just totally forgot that I had some. But who or what is your Isaac? And then lastly, surrendering to God requires courage to obey. Man, there's going to be some courage. But I love in Genesis chapter 22, verse three, it's this, God is saying, hey, would you do this? And there's this simple word. And in light of what God just said, Abraham rose early. Did you see his obedience? 
There wasn't, but God, I don't understand. And this doesn't make sense. And, and the whys, and I get that. I, I, there's times where I'm like, I don't understand this, and this doesn't make any sense to me. And so, God, I'm going to push back a little bit. There was no pushback from Abraham. He got up early knowing what was asked of him, and he walked in obedience to the Lord. And did, we read his response. God will provide. God will provide. When his son asked, but God, I don't, Dad, I don't see the lamb. God's got this. There was a trust and a confidence that God was going to show up. Uh, there's a movie that my family and I watched. Uh, uh, we bought a zoo. And at the end of that movie, there's a, there's a challenge. And Matt Damon's sharing, and he's like, what if, what if you only had 20 seconds of insane courage? Right? What if you had 20 seconds of insane courage? I think about Peter, 20 seconds of insane courage. Right? Peter walked on water. Right? He walks on water. Where were the other disciples? In the boat. All of them had the same opportunity, but one took advantage of the moment and had some courage. I don't know about you, but if my name was recorded in the scripture, which I don't see the name Lance, I'll have a question with God when I, one day when I get there, right? Like, how come I didn't make it, right? But, but if my name was going to be recorded in scripture, would, it, would I rather see it of the person who sat in the boat, or would I rather be known as the person who attempted to walk on water? Because that defies all logic, it defies gravity, like that doesn't happen. But in the presence of Jesus, all things are possible, right? And so now Peter is walking on water, what? Because he took courage. David, I, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm stuck, if there's a valley between me and a giant, I don't think I'm going to be the one who goes, I'll climb up. <laughs> I got this, right? I'd have been like, hey, it's comfortable on this side. Let the giant Philistine torment, let him talk all the trash he wants. We'll stay here. He stays there. Life is good. And David's like, no, that's not what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, Saul's like, hey, why don't you take my armor and go fight him? Listen, we are not meant to fight in somebody else's uh, shields, right? We're not to walk in anyone else's calling or identity. David walked in his own. He didn't need to be Saul. He was David. And so he climbs up, to the, he climbs up and there's the Goliath. Hey, and what does David say? Oh, you got spear? You got sword? That's great, big man. But I come at you in the name of the Lord, right? There was a courage, a courageous moment that David stepped out in faith, knowing that God would move. I think about Zacchaeus. Like, Jesus is here. Zacchaeus is short. He can't see over the crowds. He could have been like, you know what? It's my limitations. This is the way I was made. And because this is the way I was made, I will not pursue Jesus coming to my town today. It's not going to happen. And so he just sat back. No, he didn't sit back. You know what he had? 20 seconds of insane courage. Where's a tree? If I could just see Jesus, if I could get to Jesus today and he climbs a tree and Jesus sees him and what's he say to him? I love it. Zacchaeus, come down, right? I'm going to your house today. Can you imagine that? 20 seconds of courage to climb a tree and now he gets one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus? But what if he would have said, no, can't do it. It's too big of a struggle. I have too many issues. Yet he pushed through any of those obstacles. What if we had 20 seconds of insane courage to sign a document, to adopt a child, and our family tree grows? What if we had 20 seconds of insane courage to invite a neighbor to church? What's the worst that they could do? Say no? I... Invite them, ask them. And when they say no, invite them again. And when they say no, invite them again. If they keep saying no, invite them over for dinner. Invite them over lunch. Do something with that courage because surrendering to God requires courage to obey. As we close today, I want to read, for, read a powerful verse. It's John chapter 3, verse 30. It says, he must increase, but I must decrease. He has to increase but in order for him to increase, we have to decrease. That means we have to surrender because if we control, there's going to be a struggle. So let me illustrate this for you this morning, right? This is our life. 
This is the power and presence of Jesus. And there are things in our life where it's like, okay, God, I will give, I want to surrender control to you, but am I willing? Jesus, I'm willing to follow you, but you can't have my money. Right, so he's wanting to bless, and he's like, I can't, why? Because you're already full. You're full of control, and, you're, and pride, and struggle, and unforgiveness, and so he's like, I can't. There's no room for me in your life, and so he can't. So, so God, I'm not gonna give that to you. I'd follow you, but don't ask me to forgive, because that person hurt me, and the pain that they've caused me, there's no way. And he's like, man, I wanna be able to put more of my spirit in your life, but you're full. You're full of the bitterness, and the unforgiveness, and, and I can't. I'll follow you, Jesus, but, but don't ask me to save myself for marriage because that's not what the world does. And so, no, I can't do that. And so he's like, no, I want, I want to put purity and blessing in your life, but there's no room. And so when we say we have to decrease so he can increase, what we do is we say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to make room for you. I'm going to give you my finances. And he's like, awesome. Then I'm going to provide Jesus, I'm willing to forgive and I'm gonna empty myself of the bitterness and the unforgiveness and I'm gonna give it all over to you. So what happens is we become less and now he's gonna take his spirit and go, oh, I'm so grateful because this, this cup's never gonna run dry. And the more that you relinquish control, the more that I can give you, the more that I can fill you with my presence and my joy and my peace and my presence. But we have to be willing to let go. You see, Jesus, I'll give you everything. But you can't, add the word accept. Jesus isn't in the business of negotiations. There are, no, there are no exceptions. The call to follow Jesus is a call to surrender. It's a call to surrender. When we say I belong to Jesus, we understand that there was a price that was paid. He gave his life, he gave his very best. He held nothing back for us. And saying I belong to Jesus, what we're saying is Jesus, I don't, I don't want it to be about me, I want it to be about you. And so when I give my life to you, I want you to have all, all of me, because you gave all of you. And so are we willing to relinquish control this morning with every eye closed and every head bowed? I'm gonna ask a question because I know there are issues and there are concerns in our life where we know we need to surrender. There's things that I know that you and myself, we're hanging on to and we're controlling. And in a moment, I want the presence of Jesus to do something so powerful in your life. But before we do that, I'm gonna ask this question, the most important question. Are you willing to surrender your life to Jesus? Are you willing to give them all? Are you willing to say, Jesus, I, I wanna be on your team. I wanna be on your side. I know that you gave your life for me and, and I wanna give my life as an offering back to you. I want you to come in and enter a relationship with me. And we're gonna pray a prayer in just a minute and we're gonna pray it together. But if you're here this morning, before we pray, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, would you raise your hand all over this place? All we're gonna do is pray. I'm not gonna call you out. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm gonna give my life to Jesus. Would you repeat after me this morning? Jesus, I need you. Would you come into my life? I surrender all. God, would I decrease so you may increase? Every ounce, all that I am is yours. Would you have your way in my life Jesus, I surrender to you. 
I surrender all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, as we've surrendered to the Lord, I wanna have an opportunity for you to surrender to the Lord. So I'm gonna encourage you this morning, if you're able, would you stand to your feet? And as we put ourselves in a position to experience Him, I know that the Holy Spirit is already speaking. I know He's already moving. And there may be an issue in your life that you're walking through and you're like, man, I'm holding on to way too much control and you need to empty yourself so He can fill you this morning. I would encourage you at any moment this morning, would you begin to sing? Would you begin to, to raise your hands? And would you say, Jesus, I'm here. Here I am, Lord. I am down on my knees again, surrendering What's that one thing? What's that two things you need to surrender? Surrendering See, it's not your time you're investing, it's His. Surrender your time. Lord, as See, it's not your money you're spending, it's His. Would you surrender it? It's not your stuff you're using, it's His. Would you surrender it? I want to know you more. I want to know you more. It's not your purpose, it's His purpose in your life. Would you surrender that? I want to know you I want to know you It's not your life, it's His. Would you surrender? Whatever the Spirit's asking of you, would you surrender it? Would you lift your hands? Say, Jesus, it's all yours. I want to know you more I want to know you I surrender 